This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on a very cold Tuesday afternoon, January 16th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. Shares of cannabis companies are up on a government recommendation to lower the drug's classification. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now on this Travel Tuesday, we'll talk about finding a new home on a cruise ship. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of SheBuysTravel.com in Chicago. Cindy, thank you for joining us today. And, you know, I'm a lifelong Midwesterner. I have grew up in Chicago. I lived in Milwaukee for a little while, so I know cold Januaries. But uh, even now, when you open up the door in the morning, when it's 10 below zero and the wind chill is 30 below, your face hurts. And and, and really, when, when, when your face hurts when you go outside, you, your thoughts turn Turn to possibly opening up the veranda on your cruise ship as you pull into Puerto Vallarta. Absolutely. You know, I always complain about the weather and then people say, well, where are you from? Thinking I must have moved there from Florida. I'm like, I'm from Chicago, but you know, doesn't mean you like it when it's zero degrees. And the idea of living on a cruise ship is, uh, it's, it, it's my dream of my future to live on a cruise ship. I don't know about you, but I, there, there are a lot of things people are talking about it. It's, it's a really hot topic. And, you know, there's, there's some ways to decide whether or not it's reasonable for you. And the first thing is to think about how much it costs you to live per day, because you're going to pay per day on a cruise ship. So you want to look at your rent or mortgage, your insurance, the gas for your car, the food you drink, the alcohol you drink, everything that you would get on the cruise ship and try to figure out how much that would cost you for a day to live in Chicago where it's zero degrees and see if you could find a ship where you could spend that same amount of money or maybe less, which is the the real interesting piece of it, to live on a cruise ship where not only you're going to get all that included, they're going to make your bed and clean your bathroom every day for you. Right. And we're not talking about uh, the the $100,000 around the world itinerary on the Queen Mary 2. We're talking about uh, going from affordable cruise to affordable cruise on, you know, every two weeks or so or just staying on the ship. Absolutely. And, you know, you could, I mean, technically you could get on the same ship and just do the same itinerary every seven days if you didn't want to do the around the world cruise, which is, of course, my dream. Um, but if you, you know, if you've been to Roatan before and you don't want to get off and see Roatan the next time, you can stay on the ship because being on the ship um, on port days is really a lot of fun. There, You have the whole place sort of to yourself. There's almost always a deal in the spa where you can get 25% off a massage. So who doesn't want to do that? Um, and, and there's plenty to do on the ship when all the other people are in town exploring. But the first thing you should do, uh, no pun intended, is to uh, dip your toe in the water and, and see if you actually like the cruise life before you fully commit. 
Oh, absolutely. And and you want to go for more than a weekend or even a week-long cruise. I mean, if you're going to retire on a cruise ship and be on it for nine months or maybe even 12 months, you want to make sure it really is what you want. So I would say, you know, the year before you commit, spend a month on cruise ships. And, and I even believe you should try a couple of different cruise lines because, you know, Royal Caribbean is not the same experience as Holland America. And, you know, and if you want to upgrade your um your experience, you can go to a region and it's just going to cost you more. But you should know what you're buying before you commit. The same way, you know, the same kind of um, advice you get if you want to retire to Florida, you know, go rent for a winter in the community and make sure that you really like it and spend some time looking around before you buy a house that you're going to, you think you're going to live in for the rest of your life. Cindy Richards, Editor-in-Chief of SheBuysTravel.com in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, government regulators could provide a boost to the marijuana industry. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. We're learning more about a Department of Health and Human Services recommendation to lower the drug classification of marijuana, and that could provide a boost to the cannabis industry. We're joined by Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk based in Chicago. Michael, thank you for joining us today. And the potential in the marijuana industry, and especially when it comes to marijuana stocks, is that one day the feds will reschedule marijuana and take it off of the list of the most dangerous and most addictive drugs. And the industry has been watching and waiting, and now it seems like the wheels are finally turning in that direction. Well, it looks that way. The stocks are behaving that way. As you had said, the DHHS had, has uh, released a study back in, the, in uh, late August, early September, that um, suggested to the DEA that it should be rescheduled off of Schedule 1. Now, Schedule 1 has uh, a Schedule 1 drug would be included uh, with heroin and meth. So, I mean... I think you'd ask the average person, and I don't think you'd put cannabis in that schedule, but that's where it's at right now. So it's up to the DEA to actually make that change. And if they reschedule to Schedule 3, which is uh, for for drugs that are less physical dependent, less psychological dependence, um, which would make sense, you would think, um, then it, it makes a big difference to these ca- cannabis companies because they are no longer then um, forbidden from um, taking some of the normal um, expense deductions that every other company gets. Uh, most of the operating expenses that a cannabis company gets, they cannot deduct that from their revenue for tax reasons. That puts them at a massive disadvantage versus any other company in the United States, and it makes it almost impossible for them to make any real money. So that's a big deal. And we're seeing now that MSOS has, has gone uh, from five back at the end of September. Now it's trading about eight and a half. That's the ETF for these these uh, cannabis companies. So it's showing that the market at least believes that the chance of something coming out of the DEA is, is getting better and better. We're talking to Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, about uh, the state of the cannabis industry, especially in light of a new report suggesting that uh, marijuana should be rescheduled by the uh, Drug Enforcement Agency. Where are we now as far as the growth potential of the cannabis industry? I mean, there's been explosive growth in Illinois uh, since uh, 2020, but it appears to be leveling off. Would a rescheduling and allowing cannabis companies to take advantage of, uh, uh, of, of 
of the tax code in the same way that other businesses can. Uh, would that supercharge that growth once again? No, because that that growth is is over. That that was the growth of the actual demand uh, for the product once it got legalized. So that's already done. And as you said, Illinois has leveled off. And and you know, I, I think it could still grow single digits, uh, maybe low double digits in the next few years, depending on the health of the consumer. But the, the the industry doesn't need that growth to really kick in anymore. It needs uh, the proper um, scheduling of 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 the of the drug because uh, the companies cannot, as I said, they cannot deduct their expenses. I mean, can you imagine running a business where you can't deduct you can't deduct operating expenses? That's basically what they're facing. So the growth of you know, cannabis, especially in the state of Illinois, because it's a very mature industry in Illinois. We've, it's been legal for many years. Now, in New York and some of these other states, it's very new. So you're going to get growth there. You're going to get growth in other states. And that will drive the overall national growth in cannabis, but not in Illinois. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, the baby boomers who don't want to say goodbye to their homes. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Members of the baby boom generation are reluctant to leave their homes, and that's creating issues for younger families. We're joined by Brian Wickert, president and owner of Accident Mortgage in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Brian, thank you for joining us today and the baby boomers who just want to stay put in the house that they have maintained and owned for many decades is this a function of uh, interest rate lock or just inertia oh it's it's uh, partly to do with interest rate lock you know because if you are a baby boomer and you're talking to one by the way I'm a young baby boomer, but uh, and there are only 68.7 million of us, by the way. But yeah, if you're sitting there and you got a trophy rate of 2.875 percent, you know that's a disincentive uh, to even downsize, unless by downsizing you can get a much smaller mortgage. You know, let's say you're going from that four-bedroom house in the burbs down to a condo. Maybe you can shrink that mortgage so from a real payment standpoint, it's not that big a deal. But, yeah, there is reluctance to give up those trophy rates. And this sounds like it is the continuation of a trend as far as uh, the older or oldest generations uh, holding on to that home that they've owned for a very long time. And in some cases, we talk about interest rate lock. In some cases, uh, they own their homes outright. There is no mortgage or interest rate to deal with. And this was the case with the silent generation, the the people born late 30s, early 40s. They were reluctant to leave their home uh, in, in 10 or 12 years ago until life circumstances forced them to move out or downsize or, or in some cases, uh, Father Time came in. Yeah, yeah. Father Time, I hear he's got a perfect track record. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking at a chart right now, and every year uh, about 3 million to 4 million boomers will cross over that line of turning 75. And that's kind of the time where people think, you know what, maybe it is time to make a move. And as you pointed out, if they don't have a mortgage, which 35% of homeowners do not have mortgages, that's not the excuse. So I, I'm going to call somebody after after we talk here who's moving from the Twin Cities, where I think it's probably similarly below zero, and they are finally saying enough with this weather, and they're moving to Florida. So thank goodness there are still some boomers that are giving up their homes 
for other lifestyle reasons. Maybe they want to move south to a warmer climate. Maybe they do want to downsize or go into that retirement community. So it sounds like uh, until there's major movement in uh, interest rates and a lot of people who are locked into those uh, uh, rates uh, finally you know, want to move out of their home, all the action is going to be in new construction. Yeah, that's that's a tough. Uh, we're way behind on new construction in the United States of America, and so that's not going to bail us out. We only build like seven hundred thousand new single-family homes a year, and we need that to be more like a million and a half. So that's not going to come to the rescue. Let's talk practicality. If you're a first-time home buyer out there in the still tight inventory market, there are a couple things you can do to put your best foot forward. One, make sure you have a very specific pre-approval letter, one where the lender has not only verified your credit, but has also verified your income and your down payment. And in the letter, they say, we put it through Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac's automated underwriting system. That's thing number two. Or, and that's thing number one. Thing number two is, let's see if we can boost your down payment, because in the eyes of the seller, a bigger down payment is better. The average first-time homebuyer is now like in their mid-30s. So some of them have retirement savings. So what we like to do is verify not only the money they have in the bank, but also their retirement savings. Maybe we can also get a gift from mom and dad or grandma or grandpa and look at boosting that down payment. Even if we don't actually use it, if we verify it's there, we can put it on the pre-approval order. So those are my top two tips. Put your best foot forward. Brian Wickert, president, owner, Accident Mortgage in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, the people behind the Frommers Travel Guides reveal their top destinations for this year. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Double digit highs are finally in the forecast. We'll get an update from AccuWeather. Attention in the race for the White House now turns to New Hampshire. It's Travel Tuesday. A look at the best places to go in 2024. And Costco is testing out a new system for people entering its stores in an attempt to limit shopping by non members. WBBM Business. 
the markets are lower. The Dow is down 223 points. The Nasdaq is down 48. The S&P 500 is down 17. We have zero right now at O'Hare, a wind chill of 21 below at 1231. And the weather is our top story at the half hour. There is a little bit of hope ahead as we struggle through the dangerous cold. Could see the 30s, maybe the 40s by next week. The forecast for the rest of today includes mostly sunny skies, breezy and bitterly cold conditions, a high of 3. The AccuWeather the real field temperature is still 15 to 20 below this afternoon. The wind chill advisory in effect until 9 o'clock tomorrow. Temperatures uh, could hit the teens later in the week. And then uh, by next week, potentially, we are looking at high temperatures in the, early, in, the, in the 30s and potentially in the low 40s. So just gut it out today. Uh, warm, warmer weather is on the way. Former President Trump has received more than half of the Republican vote in the Iowa caucuses, even more than expected. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis edging former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley for second in the caucuses, which were last night in sub-zero temperatures, turn out the lowest since 2000. Now the candidates head to New Hampshire. This is CBS News political correspondent Caitlin Huey-Burns. CBS News polling shows that while 48 percent of likely Republican voters in Iowa align themselves with Trump's MAGA mantra, only 33 percent in New Hampshire do. I'm thrilled to be back in your beautiful state. But the former president leads the polls in New Hampshire, the state that catapulted him to the nomination in 2016 after a loss in Iowa. You started it. Remember, you started it. This time, Haley is hoping New Hampshire starts something for her. The former president has at least five events on the schedule in New Hampshire this week. Markets are lower today as the noon business hour continues. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Chris Johnson, market strategist at the Johnson Research Group in Cincinnati. Chris, thank you for joining us today. Of course, the markets open lower and and the first thing that pops into my mind when the Dow drops 200 points at the open is somebody from the Fed said something. And uh, that was certainly the case today. You know, it is the case, Rob. We're kind of getting pulled and pushed by the Fed. Uh, the market, the bottom line here is when you're looking at the Fed, and you and I have talked about this before, the market kind of got ahead of the Fed. In other words, the dog was kind of getting wagged by the tail here. I think you're seeing the Fed, especially with a little bit of mixed CPI, PPI last week, try to get a little more control on this situation and not dampen everybody's hopes that we're going to see some Fed cuts, but actually just bring them back to reality here. You know, we've seen everything from six cuts to three cuts. I think the Fed right now just wants to control the messaging, which, frankly, I think that Jerome Powell has done a great job of at least in the last six months or so. And, and the word coming out of uh, Waller, uh, one of the uh, Fed governors uh, today, was that uh, they're on track. And if you look at uh, inflation over the past six months, they're at their 2% target. But he was just basically saying, you know, let's hold your horses a little bit when it comes to uh, pricing in rate cuts, uh, because it seems like the market rallied at the end of the year on this idea that they're cutting in March. And that seems like uh, less of a possibility. Yeah, the Fed, or I'm sorry, the market went all in on the Fed in the last two months of the year. They got a sniff of the fact that we were going to see some sort of cuts. I think there's one thing that we all want to remember. If you look historically at the trends here, Rob, and I mean back to, you know, the last 20, 30 years or so, the Fed comes in and starts to cut rates 
not necessarily to do anything but start to control a downward spiral in the market. In other words, it is their defense for a recession. So if you get an aggressive Fed in 2024, which everybody wants because we're all paying higher interest rates on our cars and on our mortgages, if we really get that, it's going to be a cause and effect. And the cause is going to be a recession that everybody is looking forward to, you know, us avoiding with the soft landing. So just to kind of underscore that thinking there, historically, you look at the first three Fed cuts and they're rather bullish for the market. So stocks react positively. But once you get past that third, it's because the Fed is now playing defense against an economy that is coming unraveled. I don't think this market wants to see the market go into hell in a bucket, really, over that just to get to the point where we see the Fed cutting rates. And then very quickly, uh, we have breaking news uh, that just happened a couple of minutes ago, and that is a judge blocking the proposed uh, JetBlue Spirit merger. Uh, What is the impact on the wider market? Uh, You know what? The wider market in terms of the JetBlue spirit, I don't think you're going to find that much of an effect there. What you're going to see an effect here over the next week or two, Rob, is going to be banks. We're kind of overlooking the fact that you had Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley follow up from some earnings last week. And things are looking a little bit shakier in the banks than expected. Regional start to report later this week. I want to watch that very closely because that could be the next hand in the market kind of weakening here over the next two or three weeks. Chris Johnson, Chris Johnson, market strategist of the Johnson Research Group in Cincinnati. Thank you for joining us today. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Hey, it's Travel Tuesday, and Fromers is out with its annual list of the best destinations for the year. Let's explore them with Pauline Fromer, co-president of Fromers Guide Books and Fromers.com, based in New York. Pauline, thank you for joining us today. And before we talk about the places to go on your list, how did this list come together? Well, you know, the Fromer guidebooks are written by journalists all over the world. We have people embedded in the destinations that they cover. So we polled them and said, what places are going to be unusually visitable in the coming year? Like which will be suddenly cheaper or which will be good options if you don't want to go to a more crowded destination or which ones are are celebrating special occasions that, that are going to be just really fun to be there for. Well, I'm going to kick off uh, uh, the discussion of the list with uh, two places that are of interest or very easy to get to from Chicago. And uh, let's begin with uh, the destination that's uh, about a five or six hour drive uh, southeast in I-65. And I'm talking about the state of Kentucky, which uh, if you are into bourbon, uh, that is your place. Oh, yes. They have a wonderful bourbon trail, which is a network of historic distilleries. And you can go from one to the next. I wouldn't do too many in one day. (laughs) You want to remember the trip. That's the most important thing. (laughs) Uh, The reason we're recommending it this year is it's the 150th anniversary of the Kentucky Derby. So, oh boy, are they going to be partying, not just at those distilleries, but across the state. And a good rule of thumb, if you want to save money, go to a place where the cost of living is lower. 
Kentucky's cost of living is 30% lower than Illinois. And so you're going to save money by traveling there. And, and on top of that, I mean, you can go take the do the bourbon trail experience. I think there are shuttle buses that can take you uh, to the various distilleries because some are off the beaten path. I mean, I went to uh, uh, Maker's Mark about a decade ago, and it seemed like I was driving two hours to get to Loretto, uh, which away from Louisville. But even then, you could go into Louisville, and and there are places where you can do the bourbon tastings just by going, you know, from one establishment to the next to the next without driving. Oh, yeah, you can walk. And they also have like bourbon infused pastries that you're not supposed to eat too many of them because they, too, can make you loopy. Uh, So, yes, you want to do this safely. But boy, is it fun. And uh, the next uh, uh, item on your list, which is also of interest to people in Chicago, especially today with the uh, uh, the White Sox equipment truck leaving guaranteed rate field. Uh, It's going to Glendale, Arizona, which is the home of uh, the White Sox uh, spring training facility, but so much more outside of Phoenix. Well, the reason we're recommending it is the very first Mattel theme park is going to be opening there in 2024. So if you're, say, a Barbie fan, there will be a life-size Barbie's dream house for you to play in. There will be all kinds of incredible rides and coasters. It's all going to be indoors because this is Arizona and it gets damn hot in the summer. Uh, but this is this is a place that is going to be trying to compete with Disney World. And so for theme park fans, this is the place to go in 2024. And then uh, very quickly, uh, let's talk about an otherworldly monument in Idaho. Yes, uh, the Craters of the Moon National Park turns 100 next year, and its name is apt. In 1969, NASA trained its Apollo 14 astronauts there because it really does look like the surface of the moon. It's a park that not many people go to, very inexpensive to visit, and absolutely gorgeous. Pauline Fromer, co-president of the Fromer's Guide Books and Fromer's.com in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, Costco is cracking down on non-members shopping in its stores. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Warehouse store giant Costco wants to do a better job of keeping non-members out of its locations. Let's see what action it's taking and why. We welcome in Bob Fibbs, CEO of the Retail doctor based in New York. Bob, thank you for joining us today. And this seems to be like part of a larger trend of cracking down on subscriptions and making sure that the people who take advantage of them are the people who are paying for them. Absolutely. From Netflix to Costco, we got We trust you, but we need to verify, just like Reagan used to say about uh, the Russians, right? So it's that same idea. They want to be friendly, but they make their money through memberships. And the only way they can keep their prices low, well, particularly in Costco's case, is that they go through and they have enough memberships to offset the deep discounts. So, you know, hey, you can't get away with it. Um, someone's going to have to pay it. So the, right. the, the bottom line from Costco's perspective is that uh, your $60 or $120 uh, membership, if you have the executive membership, uh, that is what keeps the hot dog at a buck fifty. Exactly, my friend. And, you know, as generative AI comes into the program, they're going to be able to tie things, uh, all kinds of purchase history and be able to find it as well. And look, most of the people aren't doing this, but there must be a substantial 
group who are, and I wouldn't be surprised to see something like an Amazon Go Palm uh, reader as you walk in, uh, in the not too far, in, in several of these kind of uh locations. And this is a fairly recent development. I mean, I, I'm a Costco member myself, and I did notice that uh, on the last uh, couple of trips, the uh, the cashier is now asking for your driver's license uh, so that uh, there's there's an there's an ID photo to uh, to to back up your card. So this is this is something that they are doing and, and they're really uh, uh, they're, they're really trying to enforce it. Well, you know, it's funny. It's actually the way they started out that you had to do that at checkout. So they've really just kind of gone back to what they had originally done. And let's face it, there's going to be more people who are going to sign up for it um, just because they have to. And you would, as a Costco member, you would rather they buy that membership and not have to pay more on your prices, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I mean, speaking as uh, speaking as a Costco member uh, for many uh-huh. years, Bob, I want to keep the riffraff out. Uh, but how, how, keep those moochers out. <laughs> how, how big of a problem is this, though, for Costco? I mean, we know uh, the issues that Netflix and some of the uh, streaming services have had with, uh, with password sharing and how that's really making a difference on their bottom line uh, once they started cracking down on that practice. Uh, how much uh, was Costco losing from people uh, sharing their membership cards unfortunately i don't have that fee for you but i'm sure that's out there on the uh, on the net but it's it's substantial enough to make an operational change which means this is not a rounding error this is significant and this is uh, this is big business. I mean, the retailer making four point two billion dollars in membership fees in twenty twenty two. So uh, if they're able to uh, entice a few more people and get them in the door legitimately by uh, purchasing a membership, then uh, that's that that is certainly to certain to boost uh, that four point two billion dollar figure in twenty twenty three, twenty four, and beyond. And they're one of the most. Um, they're like Trader Joe's. They're, people are really loyal to them. So I think most people will say, if this helps them out, that's fine. Bob Fibb, CEO of The Retail Doctor in New York. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.